Hi, I'm Steve Hayes, and I'm a pastor, and I'm a sinner, and I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear how God has worked in their lives to help change them and make them who they are. And I think we all need to hear those kinds of stories. So I hope you'll enjoy it and listen along with This Is My Story. All right, welcome to This Is My Story. Our first guest here is Kamar Chambers. Kamar, how you doing? Wonderful, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Kamar is a business owner here in Corsicana. He owns K&K Barbecue, which is one of our favorite places to visit, and uh, makes a mean brisket and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So we love Kamar. He also works with the student ministry at his church and, um, and just Lifeline Church, just a, a great church, a lot going on there. And uh, Kamar is just one of our favorite people. We have come to enjoy him. I have come to enjoy him personally, but really all of our staff here at the church, we we love working with you, man. Yeah, and man. Just uh, excited about what you going, what you got going. So, uh, so tell us how it's going. First of all, you got a new location. Yes, we do. Um, eighteen oh one East Martin Luther King Boulevard is the lo- is the address. Um, it's right on the east side of town. Um, a very, I'm very familiar with that that side of town and neighborhood. It was is where I grew up at and where I currently reside. But um, it's right across from the Burnett Park. Beautiful side of Carson County, man. It has a lot of life to it, um, and so um, it's going great. That's where we're located at right now. Good people, people picking up on it. They know where you're at. They're, yes, sir. Yes, they're sir. Coming in. The following is great. I just left there a few minutes ago. And of course, you guys was there. Yeah. Um, and when I walked out, as I was leaving, I was just saying, "Lord, I thank you," because as I was leaving, more cars was pulling up, and just to see the parking lot full is a, is a joy, you know. So yeah, that's a big deal, man. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time Most to definitely. sit with me today. Most definitely. And, uh, uh, what's uh, What's your favorite meat to smoke? My favorite would be probably the brisket. Okay. Yeah, probably brisket. Um, I love I love to do it all. The ribs is 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 probably my close a really close second. Right. Um, but I do love the brisket. How long you keep your brisket on? At least fourteen hours. Fourteen hours. So you start it out. You season it up and everything. Yeah. Dry Put rub it on there. Dry rub. Mm-hmm. And then when do you wrap it? We don't wrap until probably about eight maybe hours into the smoke time okay okay and you you still cooking on your uh on your truck oh yeah yeah okay. i have that and i also have my my pull pull around trailer i mean barbecue pit that i have as well right. so we, we that's awesome <laughs> what's your what's your uh what's your best seller the best seller is the brisket Okay. It is the brisket. Sliced brisket? Sliced brisket, chopped brisket sandwiches is what okay. they mainly go for. Um, those loaded baked potatoes is, is pretty close right now. Right. I can't keep them in there. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, the the brisket is, is, is pretty much is going to be involved with everything. So you, what's your personal favorite? My personal favorite. Is it on the menu or is it like a Kamar special? No, it, it is on the menu. Okay. Um, I do love the pasta sandwich. Where okay. I can get the variety of meats, so I get two meats on one sandwich. All right. Um, normally, it's the chopped beef and brisket. I mean, chopped beef and sausage. 
Got it's it. normally what goes on that on that thing with with some pickles, onions, little jalapenos, okay. and, and some melted cheese. And that's the pastor. Sandwich. That's the pastor sandwich. You need to now, call it the Pastor Steve. Sandwich. Pastor Steve. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I can't call it the Pastor Steve because my pastor will get me. He's the I one that originally invented that yep. that sandwich. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's all right. Well, maybe we can get you to invent something after me. Most definitely. If you okay. just come up with it, we'll make it, it happen. It probably won't sell really. <laughs> hey, I'm sure it will. <laughs> so, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your faith journey, because that's really why I wanted to talk to you, because that's where you and I have connected. Right. You know, we're both followers of Jesus, and we sense that about each other when we're around each other. We've talked about that a little bit, but I never heard your story about how you came to Christ. So. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Man, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's 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 some cultural thing with us as as um black um Americans, man. We we kind of some of us didn't have a choice. So, I didn't have a choice. I grew up into a household where church was very very um serious and that's what we had to do. Right. Um so we was at church every day of the week. <laughs> and I made a vow. Yeah. That when I got old enough to not go to church, I'll never go back again. <laughs> you know what we say? We say that, because uh, I was the same way, we say I had a drug problem. I got drugged to church. Drugged to church, baby. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened, man. I yeah. mean, every day we was at church. We was in church. We come home, we'll eat, and then we'll go back to church two or three times a day. Did you Did you love it, or did you feel like? You were getting drugged. Well, it, it wasn't. A, yeah, it was a little bit both played a part. Um, it wasn't until I got a little bit older where I felt like um, where I, I started understanding influences, mm-hmm. meaning that in school, 13, 14, 15 years old, you know, even up to, you know, 17 years old and in, in, in our household, it was you do what we say and you do, right. you know, so. I don't care how old you get. You know, I had a mom that said, I don't care how old you get. You know, you're not old enough to take a butt whooping. Right. right, right. I'm sorry. I hope I can say that. No, but you're good. But yeah, um, you're good. what it was is that, you know, when I got to that age to where I started experiencing the little things outside of um, home or church or anything like that. And then come home and mom say, well, you need to be home by this time because we got church. To, we got to go to church. That's when I started feeling a little bit more pressured to yeah. be there. When I was younger, I didn't I didn't didn't matter because that's just what I had to do. Um, and I enjoyed it. I really did. We yeah. had a, a wonderful ministry that um, I grew up at Church of God in Christ, um, Renfro Chapel under mm-hmm. Pastor, um, the late Pastor William Lewis Jr. Um, and now I'm with Pastor Ricky Walter at Lifeline. So, so when did it become kind of, you know, w- we all, those of us who grew up in church and, and got drugged to church, we had that moment where um, it can't be mom and dad's. It can't be grandma and grandpa's faith anymore. It's got to be yours. Mm-hmm. When did you embrace it for yourself, and what was that like? Well, I, I, I guess I could say when it got a little bit more serious, um, I had a car wreck, seven-car collision in Beaumont, Texas, mm-hmm. um, and they always say you never know. You you'll have your um, you'll have your come to Jesus moment. Then, um, your road to Damascus. You know you'll have you'll have that encounter. And so I had a seven car collision. That thank God that we all walked away from and made it through. That was the first thing. Um, the last thing that really got me locked in and wanted to just uh, pursue God in the, in a more intimate way uh, was probably about. 
2007 maybe um i just one day i couldn't i couldn't breathe mm. um i used i used to be a, a heavy drinker a heavy smoker and all this stuff um never really had any health issues or anything um but one day i just could not breathe i i had a heavy pressure on my chest and um i kept telling god look man if you could just help me survive this thing um man i promise you i'll chase you forever um and and also my wife she's the biggest part of it um it's a funny story but i thank god for her is that you know i just mentioned that i was a heavy drinker and so i would drink every day every day every day heavy 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 and one day i bought a 12 pack of of beer and i got a beer went to the room and i opened it up and i drank it drank half of it and set it down went to the restroom i come back picked up the beer drank it again and it just it didn't didn't taste right and so didn't think nothing of it i drank maybe about four or five more beers out of that case and um they just started tasting weird. Every time I would open up, it just start tasting weird. So, long story short, um, one night I'm I'm in bed and I'm crying like crazy. I mean, I'm just crying on the edge of my bed, just 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 wailing. Mm. And my wife didn't wake up, didn't 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 do anything. All I had, all I felt was her hand touch my back. Um, and I was just crying out to God, help me, please help me. I felt like I was just sinking into a real, real deep place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying not to get emotional, man, but but it is very, it's it's, it's a moment that um, nobody has really asked me about it. And so when I think on it now, um, it's it's pretty touching. And so yeah, I went from not drinking that 12, that case to not being able to drink a 12-pack to a six-pack stayed in my refrigerator probably like three months. I was like, this ain't like me, man. I, <laughs> this don't happen, no. Right. And so, man, I got into the last beer, and I and I was like, this, I, I'm through. I can't take this beer anymore. Yeah. I can't take it. And my wife finally broke her silence, and she said, "Babe, I've been praying for you every day." Hmm. And I said, "Well, okay, thank you for praying." That was the night when all this all after, the next morning after all this happened, and I said, "Um," she said, "You know your beer." that you would bring in and sit and sit down. She said, every time you would leave, I would put a little blessed oil off inside of it. Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> are you serious? She said, every day. I was just putting a couple drops in there. She was anointing your she beer. She was anointing my beer <laughs> to get away from me, man. And and I'm talking about it took the taste completely out of that? out of my mouth, man, to where, you know, it, and, and I'm not I'm not saying that um it was a dissolvement, but it it was because it was a problem. It was my yeah. it was my 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 enemy. It was it was my my stronghold at that moment. Got you. Because I'd rather have that than to have anything. I had to wake up in the morning and drink. I had to smoke a cigarette and get high or something. I had to do all these things, and it became a part of a lifestyle that that didn't look familiar to her anymore. Wow. And um, uh, and man, that's that's when I had my encounter and the night. New Year's one night, following that night, I went to church, and that was a custom thing for us to do, go to church, tell the Lord we love him, get saved, leave out, and go get drunk and high and party again. Gotcha. <laughs> but that night, I got up in church, one, and they, they had a prayer line, and I got up in line, and the moment I made it down to the front of the line, my pastor um, prayed for me. And when he got through praying for me, 
He asked me to, to repeat the sinner's prayer, and I did. And when I did it, he said, he leaned in my ear and said, because I was so afraid of dying, I was in fear that I was going to die. I told you I was in a deep hole sinking, mm -hmm. felt like I was just falling. He leaned in my ear and said, now you can tell the Lord to take you if you want you. And I knew that I was like, wait a minute, you know, why would you say that to me? To this day, he he, he just don't remember it, don't know. But yeah. when he whispered that in my ear, I was I was gung ho ever since. Wow. He brought it home. <laughs> yeah, man, he brought it all the way home. Um, can't tell you that that this road has been perfect, but it you couldn't get me to resort back for anything now. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. What a great story, man. Yeah. What a great story. Well, thank you for sharing it. And uh, and I guess that takes us up until really now. Mm -hmm. You know, now your faith is is not just a moment that maybe rescued you um, from where you were headed. Now your faith is something that motivates you every day to do what you're doing. Exactly. And so you're you're a business owner. Yes, sir. Um, you're a guy who um, you know is active and involved in the community. You're part of, um, you know, everything that's going on around here. And um, I guess my question for you is, as a guy who's making it happen every day and who's dependent on God for your life and your livelihood, what's the, what's the best part for you about being a Christian business owner? You know, owning this restaurant and... and because I know you're not doing it, you know, just for money. That's part of it, but that's not why. That's not your motivation. Mm -hmm. I know you're not doing it, you know, um, just to cook all the time. You know, there's something behind that. So, what's the coolest thing about having your faith as you step out into this business? Uh, so, so I, I would say the the biggest and the coolest thing is that um, I love it how God. How, how he says in a word that he'll he'll cast your sins into the sea of forgiveness. Not only that, he allow other people to not see what you've been through. Mm. My children is my biggest inspiration. Like, oh man, I I, I grew up as a different type of child. You know, I grew up. Um, I I I have a dad. I have, of course, I've I'm you know, I was I was born and birthed by <laughs> by men, but my father wasn't never really there. Um, but. I had a stepfather that I don't call him my stepfather. That's that's who my dad is, and I I acknowledge him and my pastor as well. He's been like a father to me as well. Now they they helped me get through them hard times. So to get to the question that you just asked is when I was talking about at those times my children was one of them was was very very young and the other one wasn't really born um, then, but God's timing is just so amazing that. When 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 that was time for me to to walk into his his kingdom into his presence, um, my baby was born and my my children was just coming into a knowledge of knowing what life looked like and what it didn't look like. So my biggest joy is to be able to walk in and my children to see hope and see that there's more um, in this life than than what the world is showing them. Um, they get to see par their parents working together, loving each other together um, in, in God. And that's how we do. We pray every morning at the at the shop. We give everything back to God. We give all 
You know, I say this is your food. This is your everything, man. Everything that goes out of here has got to be anointed by you. And my children, they're they're there. Um, That's the biggest joy that I have as being now a Christian um, business owner. Because had I not, if I had I just been an owner without the guidance of God, who knows what they'll see every day. Right. And along with that, though, comes the the blessings of knowing Christ and Mm -hmm. and running your business. But I'm sure there are some things that are hard, too. What's the most difficult thing about attaching your faith to your business? Um, People. It's, you know, that's the, that's the hardest thing to, you know, it is very difficult, you know, and, and you, I mean, I know, you know, as, as, as a pastor and, and just a local or, or, or a leader in, in a lot of things. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, my people you know. are perfect. My people are perfect. All your people perfect. I deal with the perfect people. I don't know. Man, well, well, all the ones that he didn't deal with came over and they started seeing me. So <laughs> they start, they want barbecue. Oh man, they want barbecue now. <laughs> so it's funny because a young lady came in this morning, okay. right? The first customer this morning. And my, my young lady that was, took her order, um, took an order and the order was like twelve ninety nine. She ordered a load of baked potato. And the young lady gave her fifteen dollars. Well my the the lady at the register, she didn't pay attention and she gave her back seven dollars and one cents. She thought she gave her a twenty dollar bill. Well the young lady instead of saying, Hey sweetie, I'm sorry, you only gave you gave I only gave you fifteen dollars. You don't owe me this much. She was, What did I give you? Why did you give me seven dollars? Why did you? And she's a young baby that's in, is still in high school. And so right. she's just standing there and it's just like she's trying to take it all in. Yeah, She's already embarrassed because she made this mistake in front of me. She already told me that she's nervous when I come around right. <laughs> because right. I'm the boss. And then she got Karen coming in. Yeah, Karen just showed <laughs> up, man. <laughs> I never thought I'd see Karen, man. And Karen showed Karen up showed this morning. Up. It's so funny that Karen came in a different color today. This morning she she was a different Karen. And so, but she showed the up Karen. this morning. Yeah, the Karen, you know. <laughs> and I was like, and I said, ma'am, calm down. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thank God that he gave me some type of gift of, of gab and trying to not yeah. I don't want to say gab I guess to try to help lighten situations because really deep down inside I didn't want to say hey lady just hey yeah it's okay you know I want to say man you need to chill get out yeah. or whatever you know uh, yeah. something you know what I mean um, because we do we got to know God changes your path the way you walk he didn't change who you Cause I, you know, it's things I still know how to do and don't know how to do. It's a right. choice that I had to make. Right. So this morning, that was a, that was another, you know, that was a test, and that's what happens. Sometimes people do do show up and they test you to see if you would ever go back or how you're going to respond. So yeah, and that's how you know if it's real, mm-hmm. that, and that's what the Bible says. You know, the testing of your faith produces endurance, mm-hmm. and um, I bet you get moments Ooh. like that every day. Yes, Lord. Yes, we're gonna have to be lifting you up. Please do. The Lord will continue to give you that patience and endurance to yes, sir, to handle it. But yeah, we all got to deal with that on some level. Mm -hmm. Um, you and I, we we really connected. uh, We've connected more through community events than anything. Exactly. And and then we've gotten to hang out at the at the restaurant some too. But we, I think, our initial connection was to try and you know, partner together to kind of bring unity to this town. Mm -hmm. 
and especially among the races, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, why has that been so hard to accomplish in Corsicana? Um, and I know that's a loaded question. It is, it's, it's man. Packed. It is. Um, I think the biggest thing is in order to kill a tree, you got to kill the roots. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't dig up the roots, it's going to keep growing. So I'm going to ask you to be real specific here. What are the roots? Um, the roots of hatred. It's been here a long time. Carson County is built on that. It's not built on, it haven't, it haven't produced a lot of love. Mm. Um, you know, we could talk about the east side of town. I mean, it, your name, your color, who you are, man, it, it affects a lot of, of your progress in Corsicana. Do you think a lot of people are aware of that? I believe they know. They know. I, I do believe they know. And yeah. it, I mean, I, I know that you know the communities know. They we know we all know the difference. We know on this side, and and as well as the white community knows on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Like I, when I tell people about Corsicana, I say we we're still one of those towns where there's like this side of the tracks mm -hmm. and this side of the tracks. You know, um, a lot of people think that that kind of thing was over with. You know, in the '60s or '70s or '80s or whatever, but. Yeah. We still have this side and the other side of the tracks exactly. in this town. And I'll give you a, a quick thought. Just think about this. From 7th right now, we can jump on 7th and head east, mm -hmm. and it's going to be 7th until you do what? It's going to be 7th until you cross over the tracks. Once you cross the tracks, it's labeled Martin Luther King yep, Boulevard. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. any community, most communities, that's what you'll be yeah, because your business is on 7th. Uh, it's on 7th. But nobody knows that. No, they know that it's on Martin Luther King yep. Boulevard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so what does that say? What does that communicate to you? It, well, it just it's, it still shows the division, separation, and labeled. Um, you know, Martin Luther King stood for unity of all races. Mm -hmm. Why not send Martin Luther King all the way down through Corsicana? Mm -hmm. You know, why did it just stop on this side of town where it would just be because once you pass them tracks, you're not going to see many of you. Why do you think it did? I have no idea. I just thought about this. It just kind of, you know, not even me. I didn't even think about it. I seen somebody post it on Facebook, you and it made it, me start thinking. You think it's a business thing? It's not as attractive to businesses? More, by it being named Martin Luther King? Yeah. No, um, because when you get there, you don't see many businesses there. Yeah. Especially businesses that's that's us. Right. You know, um, I was located downtown Corsicana for about a year and a half. And the first thing I started hearing when I got to Martin Luther King, got to that location, is that we never knew you existed. Hmm. You know, now, did it benefit? It still benefit because there was plenty of people that did find out. Yeah. But. Now, you're, you're a lot more visible where yeah, you're at now. Yeah, I'm very visible. You were kind of tucked away. Yeah. But I think the. The fact still remains. Of course, because a lot of people wouldn't mention it. They wouldn't say anything. Now, it's funny. I get on Facebook, man, and I see people, and I'm like, who is this? When did they show up? Right. I didn't know they was here. <laughs> you know? And they, so, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's just one of those things. And So getting back to that unity and why it's so hard to achieve in a town like this, there's a, there's a history. There's some roots mm -hmm. there. How, what's the best way to acknowledge them? Well, speak about it. 
Um, and and not just speak about it. We gotta we gotta present it. You gotta show it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's it's and I just said this in the shop today. I think it was to you guys that was just there. Um, a lot of this is closet talk. Mm. And because it's closet talk, you'll never know anything about it. Me and you can speak about it all day long. Me and Jess can speak about it. Me and mm. Jake, all of us can speak about it in our own little areas. But if they don't see it, if it's not promoted out there, if it's not shown, mm-hmm. then we're just wasting our time. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, that I'm always interested in is where I think that really hurts us when it comes to unity is people want the church to lead out in being in bringing unity to a community as they should. We should be leaders in that. But the deck is kind of stacked against both of us mm-hmm. in the sense that there was a time in this country where we couldn't go to church together. Mm-hmm. And so we developed a white church and a black church. Mm-hmm. And they started to do things very differently. You know, culturally, they started to do things very differently. And so now there is a movement, there is an underswelling of people who want to bring, you know, us together. We we want to see us come together. But with the church, it's challenging because our cultures are so different. Mm-hmm. You know, our church cultural experience is so different. My experience is an hour mm-hmm. with a, you know, with a little worship team and a 20 to 30 minute sermon your experience or traditional black church experience yeah, is a, a choir mm-hmm. three hours testimony service four hours, you know everybody got to speak yeah the music is different mm-hmm. our our anthems are different that unite us our ways of doing it, our methods are different and so even though we serve the same god even though we have a trust in jesus it would be so much it would be so much easier for us to overcome some things if we could come together more especially on Sundays right do you see that same difficulty and if so what what do you think would be a good solution oh yeah i, I see i see that all the time um i, I literally and i and i i'm not going to use the word hate but i i really despise that when it comes down to going to a service and it started at 11 o'clock, but then you're not getting out of there. It's about 4 o'clock. <clears throat> I will leave. <laughs> I'm just telling you now, man. I will get up and I will leave because um, I don't think it takes all that. Um, and that is in most cultural and in the black churches. That is that is their culture. Well, in the white church, we sometimes we're too in a hurry uh-huh. yep. that we're not willing to let the spirit yeah. kind of direct and right. go. So, I mean, it's both. Yeah. And what we've discovered at our church um, is we don't we don't do we don't we don't put together a program as 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 we would say, um, but we do also allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever He wants to do. Um, gotcha. We will have praise and worship. We'll have words of exhortation. We know that those are going to be the things that's going to come. And we start service at nine thirty, and we we by eleven we're done. But you had an idea that maybe. One of the ways to get over that is that we oh, yeah. kind of take a Sunday off sometimes and go somewhere else. Tell, tell me a little I, bit about that. I think that would be the best thing. I think that would be a great um, barrier breaker um, mm-hmm. is to show 
that we could we could set ourselves aside, set our pride aside, and let's go and support someone else. So close down your church on Sunday, one Sunday, and go and fellowship with someone else. So like you know, just say our church. We say, hey, look, Lifeline third Sunday. We're not we're not having service here. We're having service over at Grace Community, and we're going to go hang out with Pastor Steve. Don't go over there expecting to do anything. We're just going to go over there, and we're just going to sit in this service, and we're going to enjoy fellowship with, with Grace Community and, and love on them. And what we're going to do is the tithing and offering that you brought for, for Lifeline on Sunday, we're going we're gonna to bless them with it. Mm. And, you know, let's see. You know, and I think that that's a great start for, a lot of churches, you know, let's see how that works and let's see how that goes and 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 vice versa. You know, one Sunday, you know, you might and I'm not talking about forming a, a collective group because I've heard of these groups. I've heard of people that say, well, this Sunday we'll come to your church and you bless our church. And this that's a that's a hidden agenda. I'm not talking about with no hidden agenda. I'm talking about with one goal and one purpose in mind, and that's to break the walls of uh, racism and all this division and all that to break those things down and come together in unity and love like God called us to do in the beginning. I like what you said about the tithe and offering too because that's exactly what the Bible says where you, where your money is, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that would show you know, hey, we're not just here to be present. Our heart is here. That's right. You know. That's right. I love that. I love that. Great yeah. idea. I can't wait. I mean, I, I know this COVID and stuff is going on, uh-huh. and but I can't wait till the moment. Are y'all meeting? We are not. We're still currently doing um, virtual. Yeah. And so it's been working, and we've been having a great time still. But, man, it's, it's hard, nothing like, it? yeah, man, it's nothing like wanting to just be in service, man. And yeah. so yeah. we miss it, and hopefully, you know, pastor get released to say, hey, look, let's do it, and let's just go. Yeah. We didn't so. even get into COVID. Yeah. Whew. I don't even want to talk <laughs> about it, I don't either, man. man because I'm, I'm I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't either. You know what I do want to talk about, though? What's that? That time I came over to your restaurant and beat you in Domino's. Whoa. You remember that? <laughs> I couldn't leave it out. This was off the record, man. That's not what you said. You, didn't, you wasn't going to leave it out. <laughs> Okay, you so remember? I do remember, man. I do I thought remember. You vaguely, maybe I just vaguely to remember. You. Vaguely <laughs> remember. It's it's in the far, far back. But now that you mentioned it, um, I you, bet it you, ain't gonna happen again. You've just been added to the list, okay. and it's a very short list. Okay, I of believe people that. that I gotta get. <laughs> I believe that. I so, believe that. So we're gonna definitely you get coming you. for me. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't know if I want to play with you again. <laughs> I kind of like having that edge. I know it, man. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, one day you'll, you'll, you'll feel it, and you'll just say, you know what? I just want to try it again. And... All right. All right. I, look, <laughs> I'll make it a point. Yes, sir. I'm coming in. Done deal. All right. Hey, man, love you. Thank you. Man, I Thanks love you more, Thanks for taking the time. Man. Love you more. Love your story, man. You got a great story. You got to share that story. I would definitely share. I love it. I mean, like I told you, it's, it's very – I don't know. It's very sensitive to me. It's very um, – touching to me to to even revisit at times Uh, but i believe that we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimonies and that's the only way that someone can overcome if they um if you don't mind sharing it i'm very transparent i don't care you ask me i'll tell you and we'll move from there but um yeah anytime man i I, yeah I'm, i'm here for you guys whatever you need man i love i love grace hey we love you too man yeah man thank you yes sir 
If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. And if you'd like to spread the word, please consider leaving a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Our video podcast is available on our Grace Community Church YouTube channel. This Is My Story is produced and engineered by Jake Moore and is a ministry of Grace Community Church in Corsicana, Texas. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the speaker and do not necessarily express the views of Grace Community Church. Thanks for listening.